Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. He sure is an amazing God, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Sure good to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning. I trust you're all doing well. How's that sound out there? Is it okay? Get all kind of feedback up here, TJ. Well, it's sure good to see you. And if you're visiting with us here at Bible Baptist Church, Bible Baptist Church. <laughs> Creature of habit. Open Bible. And yeah, we got some BBC people here. That's what it was. I got some folks visiting from Florida. And so they just kind of got in my brain this morning. But uh, if you're visiting today, we're really honored to have you. Again, we have some folks visiting from Bible Baptist in Florida, some folks here from Hardingville, and uh, Brother Fenton's mom and dad are here. It's good to see you folks this morning. Who else is visiting with us? Just give me a wave. If you're maybe uh, visiting first time, maybe first time in a long time, we got some folks around. Wonderful. That's great. Uh, TJ, if you would turn my monitor down just a little bit. Now, I'm not sure what this is all about here, but uh, it's a pair of socks, and it says, Welcome to being an official New Jersey pastor. Amen. So I'm not sure what to do with these right now, but amen. Thank you very much. Don and I are excited to be here. Of course, this is our first official day, right? But I'm not, you know, I'm not a native, Tyler. I'm not a native to, uh, now don't you be wearing my socks. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm native here, you know, I'm, I'm from the Northeast, right? I uh, was born in Philadelphia uh, 25 years ago, and uh, <laughs> a couple years ago, and uh, then pastored there, uh, you know, grew up and pastored there, uh, pastored there for 25 years, I did, uh, and then the Lord moved me to paradise for a couple of years, Florida, Bradenton, Sarasota, Florida, beautiful, beautiful area for nine years, and then he's put me back in purgatory here. For the rest of my life. <laughs> I was born and raised Catholic, so I know what purgatory is, you know? <laughs> but no, we are, Don and I are thrilled. Honestly, we're thrilled to be here. Uh, we just want to be in God's will. We believe this is God's perfect will for our lives. And we're, we're happy and excited, looking forward to what God has in store for all of us, right? And we're glad you're, you're here with us. And so it's a special day for Open Bible Baptist Church, and it's a special day for Don and I, so thank you for joining us today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in the Gospel of John this morning, and chapter number 12. Tyler, would you take this stuff from me, because I'll knock it all over the place. Thank you, sir. Gospel of John, and uh, chapter number 12, and uh, now there's a couple of things they have going on today, so I'm going to try to get right to it, and then um, get out of the way. However, let's remember this always, that church is not about events, it's not about people, 
It's really not about our special days. It's always about Him. And so even though we're going to focus some attention today on some uh, events, we're going to have an installation at the end of the service and, uh, and then a delicious meal and, and all that kind of stuff. And I hope you stay for that. A whole lot of preparation has gone into it. Uh, but I don't, I don't want you to miss why we're here. It's not about me and it's not about Donna. It's not about the meal. It's about Jesus. That's why we come to church. We come to church to worship Him, right? And so uh, we'll get to all of that in just a little bit, uh, but let's not lose focus as to why we're here this morning. Uh, John's Gospel, the 12th chapter, right? Did I tell you to turn there? Let me draw your attention to verse number 32. Would you look there with me? Just one verse of Scripture here. It says this, And I, Jesus speaking, these are the words of Jesus, And I, uh, if I be lifted up from the earth, you see that? Jesus speaking. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. I like that, don't you? Say this with me. If I be lifted up, I want you to say this with me. My job is to lift him up. There you go. That's our job. Just to lift him up. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men. I'll draw everybody unto myself. And as I thought about those words and as we begin our journey of faith today, and that's what we're doing, right? Together, we're going to begin a journey of faith. As I thought about those words, um, I thought this. I thought today marks a special day for Open Bible. And as we, as we chart our course together, I believe those words could set our direction. Don't you agree? I mean, what, what will be, Pastor, what's your vision? Uh, what's the direction that you're going to take our ministry? Uh, guaranteed. Say it with me. Guaranteed. guaranteed. I like the way you said that. <laughs> guaranteed. We are going to lift him up. We're going to lift him up. We're going to lift him up because if we can just keep lifting him up, the result will be he'll draw all men unto himself. Isn't that what we want? We want everybody to be drawn uh, to Jesus. Now, when you look at the details of John chapter number 12, you can kind of put together what Jesus meant. Are you comfortable? You want to get started? All right, so uh, when, when you look at the chapter, now we don't have time this morning to go uh, verse by verse, but if we did, you would see what Jesus meant by verse 32 by studying the previous verses. And, uh, and what happens here is this, uh, the chapter begins with Jesus in the house of a few close friends, right? You, you, you read this before? In John chapter number 12, beginning of verse number 1, you find Jesus in the house of Mary and Martha and their brother, and their brother, Lazarus. They were close friends. Jesus enjoyed having fellowship with them. It's proven in Scripture, right? And, uh, and what happens is this, as they're in the house, and you can read this for yourself, a crowd begins to gather outside. I'm just giving you the backdrop. We'll get to verse 32 in a moment. And so as Jesus is in the house with Mary and Martha, and Lazarus, a crowd begins to gather outside, and that crowd gathered on purpose. You want to know what the purpose is? Look at verse number 9. Verse number 9 of chapter 12, it says, Much people, the Jews therefore knew 
that, that, that he was there, Jesus. And so a crowd gathered because Jesus was there. Hey, look here, that's the best reason for a crowd to gather. It's always, look here, wherever Jesus is, that's where you and I want to be. Say amen right there. Wherever Jesus is, that's where you and I want to be. If Jesus is going to show up, I want to be there, don't you? Because wherever he is, there's the possibility of something supernatural to happen. Correct? You know what, what, what we prayed this morning? Uh, we, staff prayed this morning. Here's what I prayed. I said, Lord, if everything lines up, something supernatural can happen at Open Bible Baptist Church. Meaning this, if I, the preacher, if I show up and preach what you want me to preach, and if the audience, the members, and the guests show up and listen to what you have to say, if that all lines up, something supernatural might occur. Isn't that what we want today? We want something supernatural to occur in our church and in our lives, more than anything. I want to hear from God. I want to have a movement of God in my life. I want to experience God today in a fresh new way. Don't you? And so Jesus is in the house. Uh, Multitudes begin to gather outside. And the the reason they gather is because they knew Jesus was there. Right? But look at the verse. It says, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. Did you get that? Let me, let me give you commentary right there. There's something attractive about somebody who is living a resurrected life. All right, 13 people on this side got that. Let me say it for those of you in the back. There's something attractive about somebody who is living a resurrected life. In fact, people will gather just to see somebody who's living a resurrected life. And so you know what the encouragement is for us, Brother Dave? The encouragement is for you and I to live that resurrected life because if you and I will live that resurrected life, we're going to begin to attract people just to see what a resurrected life looks like. They're not interested. Look here, people out there are not interested in what church you attend. They're not interested in what Bible you read or carry. They're not interested in what your clothing, uh, church clothing or weekly. No, what they're interested in seeing, if you're going to draw them to Christ, is the difference Christ has made in your life. And so, when somebody like you and I begins to live a resurrected life, it's attractive. And people are going to come. It's kind of like this. If you set the church on fire, people will come just to watch it burn. <laughs> Ain't that right? <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, and so you, you, you kind of get the scene here. Uh, and, then, and then as you continue to read, the scene shifts. So it goes from uh, the house where Lazarus and Martha and Mary and Jesus are, and now the scene shifts to the streets. And again, we don't have time to go down through this uh, whole text of Scripture, uh, but on, in, in verse number 12, the next day, uh, once again, much people that were come to the feast, now they're gathered again, you know, and now they're out in the streets, right? 
and, and here's what happens. You've read this before. I know you've heard these words before. Uh, what happens is there's a bunch of people gathered, and, and, and a few Greeks come together, you know? And they come to Philip, and they say to Philip, listen to these words, Sir, we would see Jesus. Did you ever read that? Look in chapter number 12 and verse 20. It says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Say with me, class, Sir, we would see Jesus. Isn't that a great request? I mean, isn't that why we come to church? Isn't that what you expect when uh, the choir sings? By the way, didn't they do an awesome job today? They, they sang, that young group there accompanied with our choir sang one of my all-time favorite songs. He Knows My Name. Isn't that a great song? Brother Bill, we sing that a lot down there at, uh, in Bradenton. Uh, he Knows My Name. Aren't you glad he knows your name? Huh? Isn't that wonderful? He knows my name. They did a great job. And don't we expect, when we come to church on Sunday morning, we expect to see Jesus when they sing those songs. We expect to sing, see Jesus when we sing those congregational hymns. Huh? Yeah, we might sing rock and roll here. My name is, you know, written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so, you know, one day, because we're standing on the rock, our name is on the roll. Right? That's the way we like to sing our rock and roll here at a church like this. Isn't that right? Uh, and so, but we expect, to see, we expect to see Jesus when the man of God opens up the book and begins to preach. And so, the request there, sir, we would see Jesus, is a valid request. Don't you agree? And so now, we go from the house, we're in the streets... And that's where the setting uh, is for Jesus to make that comment in verse number 32. Look there again where Jesus said, and, and, and I, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself, unto me. That's a great request, isn't it? What a great statement uh, he makes there. And I thought this, uh, here, here's what I thought. We are at the sixth month point in our year. Correct? Go, go with me. I don't think you believe me when I said that. Go with me. January, February, March, April, May, June. We're in our sixth month, which means if, I'm, if I was taught right in grade school, we got six months left in this year. Isn't that right? Some, this side doesn't believe anything I'm saying. <laughs> Count it for yourself. I mean, July all the way down to December, we got six months left. And I thought this, I thought for the remainder of this year, uh, Brother Tyler, it would be great for us to adopt the theme, lift him up. Let, let's just lift him up. What do, what do you think, class? Let's just lift him up. Look here, let's lift him up in our church. I think this, I think our preaching, our music, our service, our fellowship, in all that we do, we ought to lift him up. Jesus ought to be seen in all of it. And then I think this, I think we ought to lift him up in our lives. I think we ought to live in such a consistent, dedicated, committed way that people see Jesus in us. Isn't that right? I mean, we are to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And so I think if we just lift him up in our life, and then if we lift him up in our community, in our service, I think that'd be a great theme for the rest of our, our year, right? For the next six months, let's work together, Open Bible, 
to lift him up. Amen? I'll work with you. You work with me. We'll follow him, and we'll lift him We'll lift him up. Uh, you know, oftentimes we speak about this. I, I just, I know this. I know people have asked me this. Uh, they've said, so pastor, preacher, uh, what, by the way, we, we're going to get a little confused here because I'm used to being called preacher, right, Bill? Back in Bradenton. But I know there's another guy here called preacher. We need to get rid of him. <laughs> Not that easy. No, by the way, let me go on the record and say... I love Preacher Riddell and Miss Faith, and, and as long as I'm here, as long as I'm the pastor of this church, we're going to honor them, and we're going to make sure they understand the fact that we do love them. We're glad they're here. But there could become a little confusion, because I'm going to refer to myself every once in a while as preacher. And when I do, don't you dare give him any of the accolades. But there's times folks will say this, say, Pastor, uh, so what's, the, what, what's your vision? Did you ever hear that before? What's the vision? What's the vision of Open Bible Baptist Church? What's your vision uh, as the pastor? I want to speak a little bit about that in the afternoon service, which won't be real long. So I don't want to go there uh, and, and, and say too much about that. But let me say this. I think this. A church's vision in a nutshell should be we all desire to lift him up in everything we do right? He's the, set, he's the focal point, right? In everything that we do, we want to lift him up, and the result, the result of lifting him up is all men will be drawn to him, right? So, if we just lift him up, then all men will be drawn to him. And by the way, that's not all lost men. That's not just lost people. That's all people. I need to be drawn to him, we need to be drawn to him. Don't you agree? The church needs to be drawn to him, right? Uh, and I think that's really, I think that's really important. So, uh, and so having said that, today marks a special day for Open Bible Baptist Church. And as your pastor, I want to seize the opportunity. So let me have just a couple of minutes to chat with you about tone. Tone. So what's tone? We're going to set the tone for our future, right? You can't do that one message but I think this message could help, right? So let's talk just a little bit about, about church. You know, the church has its origin in the Bible. You're aware of that, right? Yeah. Uh, you're aware of this. There was a time on earth when there was no church. You aware of that? The church hasn't always been here. You know, now I know there are some Bible teachers that are really off on this, and they'll believe there's a church in the Old Testament. No, there was a gathering of people in the Old Testament, but the nation of Israel is not the church in the New Testament. Not at all. No, the church, look here, as, as far as the Bible is concerned, the church had a starting point. And the Bible will reveal to us the origin of the church. Not only the origin, but then it begins to reveal to us certain other aspects about the church. Uh, you, you know this. You're aware of this. When, we, when you mention the word church, the implication is this. It's a called out assembly. You've heard that, right? That's the definition of the church. It's a called out. We would say this modern day, today, young people might say it's a gathering. But what makes, pay attention to this, what makes a gathering a church? Are all gatherings a church? 
uh, here in just a few minutes, I guess at 105, there'll be a gathering at Citizens Bank Park. They're going to watch a sporting event. Is that a church because it's a gathering? No. Probably all over, uh, I know, I hate to even bring this up, but I know in the city of Philadelphia, there's event, an event taking place. It's going to be a gathering you know, anybody aware what that is this weekend? I won't even mention it from the pulpit. Uh, there's a gathering there. I'll guarantee you this, that's not a church. So what makes a gathering a church? Let me see if I can, let me see if I can help us with that. What makes a gathering a church, first of all, is its leaders. Its leaders. You know, according to the Bible, a church has a pastor and deacons as its leaders. Right? When Paul addresses the church in Philippi, chapter 1, verse 1, he addresses, it says this, he addresses the bishops and deacons. You know who the bishops are? The bishop, just another word for the pastor. He's the general overseer of the church. He's the shepherd. He feeds the flock. He's the elder. He's the administrator. And so, them, them three words, a shepherd, elder, and bishop, speaking about the same guy, the pastor. And then there's deacons. So you have pastor and deacon. That's the leadership of the church, right? And the deacons, according to the scriptures, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter number six, the origin of deacons, you know, people were, they were just, because the church was growing and the, the apostles and pastors were busy, the people were going without having their needs met. And so they came together and said, man, we got to do something about this. Let's look out among us some men who are filled by the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and let's set them aside to help us basically meet the needs of the people. And they were labeled as deacons, servants. And so now pay attention right here. For a gathering to become a church, it first must have the right kind of leaders, the right kind of leadership, and the right kind of leadership are pastors and deacons. But not only that, it needs this. It needs a purpose right? A, a purpose. And, and the purpose of the church in a nutshell is to glorify God. That's, that's why we exist. You know, it's not for fellowship. Uh, our purpose, our purpose, of course, it can be diversified when you break it down, but ultimately our purpose is to bring glory and honor to the Lord, right? And so when, when people pass by, uh, when they drive up and down New Brooklyn Road here uh, in Williamstown, New Jersey, and they pass by the campus, the campus of Open Bible Baptist Church, it ought to bring, it ought to reflect the glory of God, not so much in the buildings, but because people know that God's people meet there, and they meet there on purpose, and their purpose is to glorify God. That's why we exist. Pay attention to this. When we lose focus of what the purpose of the church is, it becomes more about me. And I don't mean me, I mean you. No, I don't mean you, I mean me. It's not me, it's, not, it's us. So when we lose focus, focus as to what the purpose of the church is, it becomes more about the individual. Huh? And it's kind of like this. Well, over there at Open Bible, I get to sing rather than I get to sing. Over there at Open Bible, I get to teach rather than I get to teach. Over there at Open Bible, I get to serve. I get to preach. You see, I get to go to the church. It's not I 
No, it's all about him. You see? And that's where we as a church, we've got to keep our focus on him because if it's not on him, it's on everything else that's, that's wrong. Shouldn't be on me, shouldn't be on you, shouldn't be on property, shouldn't be, it ought to be on, on him. That's the purpose. So what makes a gathering a church? It's leadership, it's purpose, and it's mission. You know, the mission of the New Testament church, again, defined in Scripture. Let me give it to you in a nutshell. You ready? It's edification and evangelism. Now, I want you to get this. I'm I'm trying to go fast because i got so much to give you, and there's so much more to do. So I'm just trying to... Am I good? The Bible says there's none good. No, not one. (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, But think about this. Our purpose is to glorify Him in everything we do. Say it with me. My purpose is to glorify Him in everything I do. Our mission, now don't miss this, our mission is edification and evangelism. Right? One's an inside job, one's an outside job. Edification, we are to edify one another. And so when you come to church, you know, and when you're in your Sunday school class, your connection class, when you come into the auditorium, we have church service. The Word of God is open. And by the way, music could be, should be, always should be edifying. The words ought to be edifying and glorifying. Right? And so when we come in, we're edified. I'll tell you this. Look, 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 listen to this. I just said this last week, Bill. You might remember this. I said this, only iron sharpens iron. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs how, you know, Proverbs 17, how a friend sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Only iron sharpens iron. So we need each other. It's edification. I need to be edified. I need to be encouraged. I need to be built up. Amen. Edification and evangelism. Evangelism, the outside job. That's when we go out there and we tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the mission of the church. Are you with me? Now pay attention because I'm going to shift here. And the shift is going to be uh, interesting. Our purpose is glorify God. Our mission is edification and evangelism, right? You'll find that in Scripture. Now listen to this statement. What about the other stuff? What about the other stuff? Say, so what's he talking about? What, about? what about our method of operation? So when you look in Scripture, you can find our purpose. When you look in Scripture, you can find our mission. Our purpose, glorify God. Our mission, edification, evangelism. Right? And I'm just kind of summing it up. But what about the other stuff? What about our method of operation? Think about this. What about our service times? Here at Open Bible, we have uh, our first service at 945. Right? Uh, Then our our morning worship at at 1045, we'll have an evening service at 5 o'clock, right? And then Wednesday night, we come back for midweek service. We have Bible study, master clubs, teen teen ministry, all these other kinds of things. And that's at 7 p.m., right? That's our method of operation, and you will certainly find that here in the Bible. When you're not sure, you just go like this. 
I mean, to tell you, look here, I can prove to you in the Bible where a church ought to have services at 945, 1045, and 5 o'clock on Sunday. It's in the book. It's not. How, how, about, how about our programs and ministries? If you attend here at Open Bible, we have, uh, we have Sunday school. We have connection classes. We have music ministry. We have ladies' Bible study. We have other activities. And I'm not going to go through the whole list of things that we do. Uh, that, that's what we would call our ministry and programs, right? And certainly, certainly we do that because it's in the book. Huh? Come on now, you know, Preacher Riddell, you know you can prove to me in the Bible where we ought to go to Sunday school at 9.45 every Sunday morning. It's in the book. See, I can show you in the book what our purpose is. And I can show you in the book what our mission is. Are you, are you with me right now? I can show you in the book what our mission is. And probably not one person in this building will have a problem What's in, with what's in the book. Maybe I'll say that again. Most people in this building will not have a problem with what's in the book. Because it's in the book. The problem, now pay attention right here. The problem, the issue arises with things that are not in the book. Remember I just said a little bit ago, you missed it. I'm setting tone. We're never going to have a problem. We're never going to have a problem with what's in the book. How could we? God said it. That settles it. Whether or not you believe it's irrelevant. Right? God said it. It's finished. It's in the book. But there's some times we're going to deal with things that are not in the book. And that's where, that's where the issue arises. Are you with me? The other stuff. The other stuff. Are, are you with me still? Huh? Uh, listen, when the problem occurs <coughs> and we can't trace it back to the book, that's when personalities, that's when preferences, that's when difficulties begin to enter into, into a situation. And what we need then is this. Now pay attention to this. What we need then, Steve, are you listening real good? What, what we need then... Now get this, what we need then is a validating principle. Ah, that was bigger than that. So when we can't take you to the book and say, the reason we do this is is because it's in the book, then what we need is a validating principle. Let it sink in. What validates, all right, so... uh, Sunday school. It's not in the book. So what validates us having a Sunday school? What's the validating principle? Here it is in one word. Effectiveness. 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 Effectiveness needs to be our validating principle. Right? So that means this. Let me play with this for a little bit. That means that if down the road sometimes, and I got no agenda here, I'm just saying... If down the road we say, you know what, that Sunday morning service is a little bit too late, it's a little bit too early, we find that people, for example, if, I was, if, we were, if, if you voted me in as your pastor and we were in the Dominican Republic, this service would not be starting at this time. You know why? 
because we're in the Dominican Republic and they have their own time. You know? And so it would probably be a little later than, right? Why? What, here's the question, what is most effective? Right? It's like evangelism, John, right? We want to be effective witnesses, correct? It's not just telling people. I want to be effective as I tell people. And so whatever we do uh, as a church, we got to use, if it's not in the book, for example, we're going to have a church service but no preaching. Well, that, that's, not, that's not going to work because we got book, right? But what time it starts, what works here? Let's say we worked in a mill town, and everybody works on Sunday morning. Well, then D.L. Moody said this, we better have a Sunday night service. That's why we have Sunday night church, by the way, for people who can't make it on Sunday morning. That's where it started. I know Lee Robertson coined the phrase three to thrive, but that's, Lee Robertson didn't start the Sunday night church service. It was started because of effectiveness. Are you with me, church? Huh? Now, don't read into anything I'm saying other than we've got to be able to say, moving along, it is absolutely imperative that we never change. It would be wrong to change anything in this book. But I think, it's the, I think it would be equally wrong not to consider something, changing something that's not effective. Somebody used to say this, and I liked it. If you swallow real hard, it'll go down. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Huh? That means this. That saying, Tyler, that saying we've always done it this way can be as wrong as changing something the Bible says. Just because we always done it that way does not mean that's the way we always need to do it. Why? Because there's a validating principle, and the validating principle is effectiveness. Is what we are doing effective? Right? There are some things. I like this. Dr. Charles Keene, one of my heroes. I love Dr. Keene been a friend for a lot of years. Back in, I guess it was maybe 2004 or 5 time, I wrote a book, Thinking Outside the Box. Did you ever read that book? He took a beating for that book. He got criticized dearly for that book. But in that book, Dr. Charles Keene, who's a great man of God, done more for modern-day missions than most men have ever done, makes this statement. There are certain things that we must understand have a shelf life. There's, a rec- there's an expiration date on certain things. It's got shelf life, meaning it doesn't work anymore. You know, you know, we've learned how to do here as churches. We've learned how to just rebox it. (laughs) I love Captain Crunch. I don't need it anymore because I got a little older and the sugar content's not good for me. But you know what they've done through the years? Same cereal, different box. You know what they're doing now? Same box, not the same as much inside. Right? Just relabel it. No, that's not effective. We've got to be able to come to a place where we say, if we're going to lift him up, then we must do it in the most effective way. 
And that means this. Now, pay attention right here, church. We'll never change anything that's in this book. However, down the road, there may be some times when we'll come together and we'll say, hey, listen, we used to do this. We used to do it this way. But you know what? Today's age, the way people, times have changed. Maybe we ought to try to do it this way. And the church is going to say, okie dokie. Say it with me. Okie dokie. Why? We're not changing anything, any, anything in the book. And so, you know what? I don't, I don't like to go to church at 930. I'd rather go to 1030. But if it's more effective, go to 930. Okie dokie. See, this side, for some reason, just didn't come to church today. Okie dokie. Right? Now, I don't want you to think for one second that I've come up here with a list of things that I'm going to change. I don't have that list. I don't have that list. I don't like change as much as the next person doesn't, but I do like effectiveness. Amen? And here's, here's a statement that I, 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 you'll, hear, you'll hear often from me. You've heard it a couple of times already. As far as a box is concerned, think about this. Pastor, I don't know if I like to think outside the box, you know? Well, think about this. The box you're in was created by somebody who was thinking outside the box. So it's okay to think outside the box. However, you must know what your zone is. Think outside the box, but don't go, don't go outside your zone. Did you get that? I know what my zone is. I know where my boundaries are. But with inside those boundaries, I want to be as fresh and as relevant and as current and as effective as we can possibly be as a church. You know what that means? That means this. We'll make some adjustments that others may not like. Churches down the road might criticize, but it doesn't make a difference. We're an independent church, aren't we? Doesn't matter what they're doing down the road. Doesn't matter what they're doing up the street. What matters is, is what God wants us to do because we want to be effective and reach our town with the gospel of Christ. We want to reach our world with the gospel of Christ, and we're going to do it the best way we believe possible. Amen? Sound good? You on board? You sure you still want me to stay? Huh? I still have a house in Florida. I don't have a church anymore, but I've got a house. Amen. Now, let me, let me wrap this up. What matters most is our leadership, our purpose, and our mission. That matters most right? And let me say this about that, and I promise I'm done. Our leadership must be biblical at core. I mean, at the very core, we have, our leadership's got to be biblical. And there's a lot that can be said about that. But let me just say this. There's no room for partiality or compromise in biblical leadership. Did you get that? Right? Uh, can I pick on you for a second, David? David comes along, and David says, Preacher, I've been studying for, man, years, 15, 20 years now. I finally wrote a book <clears throat> on the, a, a new uh, effective or a, a new approach or a new theory on the rapture. And, Preacher, I put 15 years into this, he says to me, and, and I got a book here. I mean, verse after verse after verse after verse, and I want you to read it. I want you to consider it. And it's called the David Brown Rapture Theory. 
And I think to myself, well, man, this, this, this is a dear brother. He's put 15 years of study into this. I ought to give it some consideration, right? No. Why? I'll tell you why. Because my beliefs are not up for debate. I know what I believe. I know why I believe it. And I can prove everything I believe with this book. Dave, God bless you. I appreciate your study. I wouldn't want to waste your book. It costs 25 bucks, I guess, whatever you're selling it for. What are you selling that book for? <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to waste your time. Why? Now, Dave comes along and says, Preacher, man, I've been studying on this thing here about a really good way to uh, reach our community with the gospel of Christ. And I'm, I'm up for that. I'm up for that. I'm up. You got a new way to reach the community? I'm up for it. Right? Help me. You know, I don't want to stick to the old, the old method. If the old methods aren't working, I don't want to stick to the old methods. Give, me, give it to me. I'll consider it. Huh? If it's preaching the gospel, if it's winning people to Christ, if it's getting people in church, if it's getting them baptized, I'm all for it. But if you're going to try to influence what I believe about the rapture of the church, huh? See, biblical leadership, no partiality, and no compromise. Huh? I don't have, uh, where, where I pastored, Bill, you were there. Uh, I have a son-in-law and a daughter in the church and my two granddaughters. I have four children all together, but two of them, uh, one of them down in Florida. No partiality. I mean, look here. If, 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 uh, did you ever hear me brag, overly brag about my children down at that church in the years you've been there? Never have. I just don't do it. Why? Because my children are no different than your children. Huh? Are, are you with me? Huh? You know what I used to hate? Being a pastor of a large school? Every parent thought their kids were perfect. Huh? Isn't that right? Get it? That partiality don't work that way. Look here. Uh, your daughter Addie sitting right here. There's no partiality in her. She gets the same rules as everybody, every other kid in this place, right? She can't go down the hallways here and, and graffiti it up saying, I love Jesus, this is Addie. No, she'll, she'll be... Right? She'll get the scrub brush and she'll be scraping that off and then you'll probably get up and make a spectacle of her. I don't think you would do that. But. But biblical leadership. Right? Look here. Whether it's the pastor or the deacons or the lay leaders, we have a biblical model to follow. What's most important now is leadership. Purpose. Purpose. Right? Uh, we, we, we need to, again, remember our purpose is to glorify Him. Look here, we should benefit from church. Pay attention to these words. We should learn and grow and enjoy church. Enjoy church. Look here, when you come in here on a Sunday or a Wednesday, I, I want you to leave here just, man, floating. Huh? Sometimes you've got to drag yourself in, but I want you to float out. I, I don't want it to be heavy and burdensome. And, you know, I don't want, the, 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 I don't want this po pulpit to become a whipping post where you're always getting beat up. No, that's not what church is about. We go to church to, man, pull away from this mess that we live in. Right? However, let's not lose focus as to why we're here. Not about me. Huh? Well, I'm, I'm 85 years old. I don't have kids, and all he's preaching about for the next three weeks is how to raise kids. How's that going to bless me? It's going to bless you by seeing the next generation rise up and take your place. It's not about me. It's about us. 
right? Amen? And then finally, our mission. Remember, our mission is to edify and evangelize. And I think this, I think we ought to do our best to try to help each other, encourage each other, and look for ways to reach our neighborhood with the gospel of Christ. Amen? If you stick around for the afternoon service, I'm going to share a few things from my heart. Uh, that I, that I, a little bit of vision that I like to see us maybe begin uh, by September, October, some things that I love, love to put into, in, just into practice, in, you know, into reality. And, uh, and I think we can do it. I know we have the, we got the manpower, we have the people to do it, we got the resources to do it, we have the know-how to do it, we just need to do it. Right? Time is short. Look here, if all we have is six months left, I want the next six months of Open Bible Baptist Church to be amazing. Amazing. Amen? Let's lift him. Let's lift him up. Let's lift him up in church, in our life, and in our community. And if we will, he'll draw all men unto himself. And that's what we want. Isn't that what we want, church? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment with me today to lift him up. Would you commit yourself to that? Would you commit yourself to lifting him up here at church and in your life and in your community, in your world, wherever you go, would you make that commitment? I'm going to make that commitment. I've already made that commitment. Would you make that commitment? I'm going to ask you to join me today in making that commitment. Our heads are bowed. In just a moment, we'll have prayer. That's a unique service, unique message just for this church on this day. Said a whole lot of stuff. But I did so on purpose. I'm just going to ask you right now to take your part of that message and apply it to your life. However God spoke to you, I want you to take that. It may not have been the whole message. But however God spoke to you, whatever part of that message spoke to your heart, I'm going to ask you right now, take it. Take ownership of it. Take ownership of it. And ask God to help you to make it a reality in your life. Whatever it might be. And I want to ask you, along with me and Donna, if you'll commit yourself to lifting him up when you're here at church, when you're in your community, but mostly in your life. In your life. Will you let him be seen? Will you lift him up in your life? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.